Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Ten minutes to seven. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Issued shout-out to Kubota. Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Still to come on the show, Dan Cherney will talk footy and cricket. And also, uh, the voice of F1, David Croft, who is appearing at the Arkabar in a few weeks' time, which will be a brilliant opportunity to hear from the best of the best when it comes to F1. And there's been a lot of news to discuss with David Croft. So we will get to him um, after 7.30 this morning. Bix, the text line has blown up because everybody wants this $150 golf box voucher. 0427154166. We are celebrating the achievements of Tim David, who hit a four on the final ball last night in Wellington. So we're, we're looking for athletes, superstars, celebrities that have done well with two first names. Um, Daniel says, I wonder if Ricky Bobby was shortened from Richard Robert. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Rob Thomas in town recently, Matchbox 20. That's a good He's one. A good singer. Uh, Connor Rosie, not cool. your traditional one. You've got a, a man's name and a woman's name. David David. Dr. David David. Uh, World-renowned. What about uh, Michael Jackson? Not bad. Mm. Yeah. See, there's a lot. There is. Keep them coming in. The text line is 0427 154 166. Or you can call us, 1300 736 736. I mentioned earlier that something was brewing here in Studio Lumo, which has been, I mean, unexpected. I I don't know. What do I do, Bix? Just play it. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shaw flew up. It was clearly in. You need to calm down. Okay, so this is the introduction for Am I Overreacting, which is normally related to me. Yeah, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to flip the script a little bit, and I'm asking is some parts of the media overreacting in regards to a couple of the announcements around leadership groups. So Brisbane had a nine-man leadership group, and that was uh, pilloried by some. Adelaide announced an eight-man leadership group. Uh, One man uh, who is uh, uh, part of our network here, Kane Corns, great friend of the show and uh, excellent at what he does, but he uh, took umbrage to some of the players in the Adelaide leadership group. Now, I'm not certain three of those players are guaranteed a spot in the side, let alone a spot in the leadership group. Now, to me, leadership, 90% of it is what you do on game day. Do you front up? Are you consistent? Do you stand up in big moments? And do you perform to the level that you need to for the team? Mm. So there you go. And he sort of went on to say he was worried about uh, Darcy Fogarty, who's hasn't cemented his spot, Wayne Miller, uh, and Lockie Murphy. Mitch Hins was another one. He sort of said he's only played one good season. So, I, for me, I'm I'm not certain that the the older traditional leadership, which I think is what Kane described, ninety percent of leadership is what happens on game day. I think that, and what we're seeing through the actions of AFL clubs, is outdated. I think if if you went down that path. Just pick your best player. Clayton Oliver, captain of Melbourne for the last three years. 
And now you can start to see that that's a little bit flawed, can't you, mm. in that regard. So, um, firstly, Lockie Murphy finished sixth in the best and fairest last year. Mitch Hinge finished fourth. All those players, I think the thing about what Adelaide have done here, all the players, Dawson, Murphy, Hinge, Milleris, uh, Keys, O'Brien and Fogg, minus Brody Smith, are all aged between 24 and 26. So this is a changing of the guard of Adelaide and it's a new demographic. Because Adelaide are hoping that they're going to go forward over the next three or four years and move into a successful period. I think they're looking to take these leaders through. So intentionally, I think Walker, Crouch, Laird, Sloan aren't part of that leadership group. So for me, it's more about what happens. uh, Well, not more about, but it is a lot about what happens away from the field, the way you uh, engage with everyone else, the relationships you build, the, the way that you try and make people better the way you prepare, the example you set, the standards you uh, adhere to, the standards you um, maintain and demand of your teammates. So I I just think the days of, it's all about what you do on the oval is leadership. I just think we've moved past that. And with 44 players on the list, you want to be able to make sure that everyone feels like they can have a touch point with someone within that leadership group that they've got great trust and uh, and access to. It hasn't always been really the best player is the captain, though. I'm just I saying, mean, but it, but that that's because you mo- no. With all due respect, you weren't the best player in '97, '98, or when you were captaining the Crows. Yes, you weren't the best and fairest winner consistently. I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, so you were, you were selected for a particular reason too, which is great, I reckon. Yeah, but and and Kane mentioned, and and there is an element of. Um, it is important on game day to you're effectively representing the coach out on the field. So that's the same thing, maintaining standards, being able to drive standards, t- telling people that that last effort wasn't good enough, being able to, to direct, but that's got nothing to do with how far you can kick the ball or how fast you can run. So, um, you know, we've, we've, you know, I think I looked up Stuart Maxfield, Stuart Maxfield, uh, was, uh, at Sydney, started his career at Richmond, went to Sydney, and along with Paul Ruse and, and Brett Kirk and others, was known as the architect of the Bloods culture. Now, um, in the end, in 2005, when they eventually won their premiership, he played five games before injuring his knee, and, and he was towards the end of his career, but he st- stood down as captain because um, from, from the injury. But he ends up going into their Hall of Fame, but I don't think anyone judges Stuart Maxfield well, 90% of his is not judged on what he did on the field. It's, it's the culture he created. He's now, <clears throat> excuse me, it's now enduring. It's, it's a legacy that that group has left that endures today that has set that club up. So, so leadership isn't always about what happens in the two hours on a Saturday. I agree with you. And look at Richmond, Dustin Martin is by far their best player, but would he be considered to be the captain of Richmond? No. Mm. And if you look at their leadership group, probably during that time, well, Dylan Grimes is the, the skipper and, and he's, you know, in no means, he's, he's a great player. Let, let's not sort of miss that. But there's still so much is what happens off the field from Monday to Friday, I think is so important. And also <clears throat> the, like the story of some of the Adelaide players, like Ben Keyes, delisted, goes out, trains with Adelaide, gets added as a rookie and then builds himself up top five best and fairest sort of winner or sorry, um, finish for yep. two or three years in a row. 
Uh, now, he's just elite with everything he does. So, unbelievable example. And then you look at Riley O'Brien, a rookie listed player who gets to where he gets to. Lockie Murphy didn't get drafted, comes over, trains with Adelaide, supplements his income by working in the merchandise shop, then builds himself up to get on the rookie list. Then he gets a game and then he gets a, becomes a listed player. And then, as I said, finishes in the top six in the best and fairest last year. But everything he does is about, one, making himself better and preparing really well, <clears throat> but also looking after other people and and helping them get to where they want to get to. So it's – and that's that's been Matthew Nix's theme around prioritising others. But I think that um, that's a noble cause and that it's certainly working for Adelaide at the moment as they move forward and up the ladder in this sort of new rebuild that they've been undertaking over the last four or five years. The more you talk about it, the more it makes sense to me. And I want to use the example of someone like Lockie Murphy or Darcy Fogarty that – Let's say their positions aren't guaranteed in 2024. Mm. That gives them a position of strength as leaders because if one of their teammates was in a similar position, they can actually use lived experience and get around them as opposed to, let's say, Jordan Dawson going to a player that's bouncing between the Sandful mm. and the AFL team. Jordan Dawson is the first picked every week. He has no lived experience of doing that. So it's actually quite hard to relate to him. Well, And the one that I look to the most recent example is Tom Jonas. Like, so last year, I, I think if you talk to people at Port Adelaide, they would say that his respect grew last year mm. because he was out of the side, couldn't maintain his spot, but he was able to maintain that demeanor in terms of still, um, still setting the example at training, still helping others that were playing in the side that, that he wasn't playing in. Uh, and so I don't think his legacy was diminished at all because he wasn't playing. In actual fact, it was probably enhanced because he became seen as someone who was selfless, trying to help others, even though he wasn't playing in that team. So once again, it's, it's everyone's got their opinion, but I feel like there is certainly a, um, a, there's a transition going on at Adelaide. And this is, a, I think it's a conscious effort to get the next generation of leaders through. Jordan Dawson has um, blossomed and his footy has got better since being a leader. I wonder whether they think that someone like Darcy Fogarty, with the added responsibility, may also improve as he sort of steps up into this position. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. Some nominations for uh, inspirational people with two first names, like Tim David, who hit the winning runs for Australia last night. Jason Blake was famous for playing over 200 games and zero Brownlow votes. That's from Daniel. LeBron James, very good one. Um, Ange has also suggested women with two first names. Meg Ryan. Mm. Amy Adams, Shay Mitchell, Nicole Ritchie. Wow. They're good. Yeah, that's it. I think this is the last time we'll do this. We just realised there's so many out there. Yeah, but it's good. People are loving it, Mark Bickley. What is there? What about maybe next week we'll do people with two last names? Jasper McMillan Pittard. <laughs> no, I was thinking, now you can't really have. Go on. No, 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 I just <laughs> see what I love is staring at you while your brain ticks over. No, I was just trying to think. Is there? What what constitutes a uh, a last name? Mm. Nothing. Probably could have had a meeting about it. Yeah. Bickley, Bickley. Walsh, All right. Walsh. No, nah, I'd, I'd probably stop. <laughs> oh, look, the news is here. Thankfully, save us. <laughs>